AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, 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 welcome to It's Up There podcast. You know you vibing with Big Loon. want to thank everybody for being here, man. You know the vibe is high on this side. Um, right now, if you're a part of my Supporters, you should be on Patreon.com, F-O-G-F-O-T-V. Getting everything together over there. You get all videos with no ads. If you choose the right package, you get access to both shows early. So you get the experience podcast as well as this, as well as it's up there podcast. Um, you get those episodes early without ads, video. Um, and then sometimes you get stuff that's not able to get put on YouTube because certain things are not able to be monetized and, and, and certain things are not able to be ran on YouTube. It's not favorable. But over there, it can kind of be a little more raw. So if you support me, I advise you to shoot over there because that allows me to see you um, in a way that I need to see my supporters show up. Because in this game, it is not just about looking and viewing and cherry-picking the game and telling dude he's doing good, right? Respectfully to the people that tell me that, right? You know I'm dealing with a lot of games. So I'm always viewing this a different way, right? It's cool to tell me I'm doing good. It's cool to tell me I'm kicking real shit, but put some money in my hand. Put it in my palm. Now, nah, put it in my palm. 
know what I'm saying? Now, if everybody was doing this for free, then I'd do it for free. But the idea y'all letting these suckers get rich and y'all expect the real niggas to do it for free, it just offends me. It be twenty, thirty thousand y'all on there with one of these weirdos going live. Real nigga go live. Ain't that many people in there supporting. But there's niggas in there that there's this chair picking the game, regurgitating the information. When these clowns go live, you can't stop the subscriptions for going on. But see, I'm gonna be the first one to break that. But again, this this podcast is about a lot of different things, man. We're going to get into a lot. I've been gone. I've been on the road. I want to talk to y'all about just the fight that it takes to be doing what I'm doing. The idea that people even think that they can even copy this. You know, you got to have a high-level game to do what I'm doing. I, I think when I tell people I travel with, with five suitcases of equipment and things, I think they don't understand what that means. I'm one person. I can't walk with five suitcases. You have to understand how crafty loon got to be coming out the street, right? I'm hit the airport with five suitcases. It got it can't nobody do that but a nigga that come out the ghetto, out the street, they were trapping, moving around the police and the vice unit and all that and hiding money and meeting niggas with a bag, tucking it, right? Doing all kind of shit to try to stealth it out. And so I developed this level of finesse that I noticed as I'm traveling. I'm saying, oh, Loon, you one of the coldest niggas in America. Don't let these companies tell you you ain't because I'm in this fight with companies right now to try to figure my value out, right? I know it's in the millions, but I need to understand, number one, how to get to it, and number two, how much is it worth in its current state, right? These two things are definitely something that all creators need to understand, but nonetheless, as I'm traveling, I'm saying, man, you one of the coldest niggas in America. I wish I had somebody on me with a camera, but hopefully I'll be around to explain, like, on a documentary standpoint, what I had to go through to get some of this done. And then there's people on the other side that's going to say, nah, I, yeah, he showed up over here. He was by himself. He had all his equipment. He set everything up by himself. Like, this story is just different, bro. And so that's one part of it, right? Now I'll get to that probably later in the show, if if not this episode, next episode. There's so much to get to. I've been behind. I know I ain't gave y'all the episode. I just gave y'all the takeoff episode, and that was late. That was supposed to be the Monday following uh, takeoffs, uh, untimely demise, RP takeoff, you know, QC, my family. Um, you know, after you grab all that from being a street nigga, right? Grab all that and say, boy, that dude probably one of the best finessers just getting through this. And what I mean is, in my opinion, finesse is the ability to take very little and execute at a high level. That's what finesse means. The ability to take very little and execute at a high level or to be in a, a, a circumstances where the odds are very slim and be able to still execute at a high level. And that's finesse. And so while I pull that from my situation and say, dog, you one of the coldest niggas in the world, I need y'all to understand something. For me to be the kind of guy I am right now, I had to go through so much, right? And I had to have so much restraint. Like, I could have went way more crazier with things than I did, but I understood that this time right here was coming. 
So I had to make sure that I planned for this time, even though certain times it looked dog. Like, is that shit, is this coming? Is this, like, do I want to turn up over here on the other side? You know, um, but it was just a, it was a long journey. But as I'm as I'm coming through the airport and thinking, like, man, yo, you just you one of the coldest dudes in America. I got to thinking. Number one, I don't even got nobody to call. All my homeboys in jail and hustling and I'm spooked. They phone taps, right? And so when these great things even happen to me, I maybe got one partner I can hit up. I know he his life on the ropes right now. He fighting the feds. He clean as a whistle. You know what I mean? He's been fighting the feds a couple of years, so he is clean. He ain't doing nothing. So I, I get on the phone. I talk to him outside of that. I don't even I don't have the ability to even share with my friends some of these heights that I'm on, cuz do you understand that? All of my partners is either in jail in situations where could be under investigation. Like, understand what that's like for people. And so I'm navigating through that and I said, damn, the idea that they would have tricked me into being a street nigga all my life. The idea that I had, they had me up against the ropes and had the ability to trick me into being a street nigga all my life. Caught in that loop, caught in that circle. Ain't nothing wrong with being a street nigga because sometimes you born in the street. But it's something wrong with staying a street nigga and staying in the street. Right? It's a transition phase that the game called for and we got to respect it as men. Not only for us and our well-being, but for the next generation, them young boys. Sometimes I tell my little boys, because I know they fall in love with the worst version of us. The times when we smack a man, the times when we raise our voice and make the dude get it right that was painting the house. The times we told, we straightened dude about doing that to, to his mother. They fall in love with those versions of us, so sometimes we got to explain to them that, hey, hey listen. And you're dealing with a bunch of men that's mimicking manhood. None of these street guys don't, we don't know manhood. We come up, we don't, what, how, when we learn it? We know how to get some money. We know how to get over the stove. We know how to make it where they can't smell it. Now, we can wrap it in a way where can't know. If they bust it open, you're going to be able to tell. Now, we understand, yeah, now, but we don't. Right, and cause we wasn't handed the game, and so now we got to start handing our little boys the game. We can't change the game no more. Those that's looking to change the game, get out of my way, because some of this shit is just like it is, and it's time to explain how to get through it and around it, because this shit ain't really gonna change. Now we gonna be the change we wanna see, but we gotta explain the game as it as as it sits right now. But the idea of being a street nigga, damn, this scared me coming through that from where I sit now. And it's important that I say this because I know I got my fellow brothers watching me. And the indicators is high. But the idea that I have four, five, six hundred thousand dollars and still be going to see the plug frightened me. In this big world, I can't figure out nothing else. I, I'm still meeting up with the plug. I'm spending 700 grand. I was one of them niggas that that was the 
that was the yeah, that was it. That was the goal. We got up a couple hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? You get up to six, seven hundred, boy, you living swell around here. But the idea you can't figure nothing else out. And I'm speaking on this because I I think it's important conversation and I'm not looking down, I'm looking in. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling. Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 two so i'm looking into the situation sometimes when you look into something motherfuckers try to make it seem like you're looking down on them but those that's on the other side understand and i'm trying to identify information for brothers who understand they can't live in that apartment that we call the streets that we call dope selling that's somebody else's house can't live in that one what we can do is treat it like an Airbnb. Stay a few days, a few years, get what we can, get out of it, and get on out of there. We got to be that smart to understand that if that's the only route we can go. I say sell broken pack, broken furniture. Man, they got people buying. Listen, they got people buying banged up furniture, dog. I mean, they selling cans. They selling pallets. It's all kind of T-shirts, hoodies, Amazon. It's all kind of drop shipping. It's all kind of shit going on. Ain't no reason for you to have that kind of capital as a black man and don't and, and can't do no business. I'm afraid that we stuck in that thing right there because I'm telling you, a lot of my guys would look. It'd be a drought in the streets. A nigga would have all this money sitting somewhere waiting on the drought to stop. He got 400K. Can't find nothing. He waiting on the Migo or somebody to come through with whatever he, he got going on. Know what I'm saying? Can't figure nothing else to do with 400K. Don't own nothing but cars. Street nigga got nine cars. Street nigga don't own nothing but cars. He got a whole bunch of car notes. Like shit, they just got us in a mean trick bag down through there. So what I'm telling dudes is the idea that you got capital, homie, you got to make something work with it. Even me, the ideas like say, dog, you, you know what I'm saying? Look at everything you got going on. You really the you really one of the top podcasts right now. Right now. Even if we take the numbers off the table, you one of the top podcasts from a from a standpoint both of your shows, from a standpoint of guests, from a standpoint of the, just the quality of content, the cameras, the everything. You right there with everybody else. You one of the top ones. But they would have you believe that that's not the case until they wrap their arms around. You got to be smarter than the average battle. And we got to be careful with the kids because what I'm noticing is we passing down the fame, not the game. We passing down the fame and this shit, the pictures of the big dookie ropes and 
And niggas having four or five phones next to the Rolls Royce on the private jet. They ain't sending the pictures of the nigga in the pen. Head busted open. Uh, he got the fighting over that last bet. He went in there and stole somebody's chip because his mama and them wasn't sending him nothing. He ain't know no better. He thought stealing was still the same like when he was on the street. He done got his shit cut in here for that stealing. He ain't know the rules was different in here. He ended up in here on some bullshit uh, home invasion charge. He been breaking in old people's houses. End up in here with the gorillas. Still with that stealing, they done cut his head open. Nobody passing down the game, Paul. We got to be more diligent in passing the game down, right? Hey, look, it's going to look like that outside. Well, Coke. Nah, nah, they tricky. Nah, nah, in these little months right here, they tricky. It start off cold in the morning, then it get hot. So get your light jacket, but be prepared where you can take it off. Nah, 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 it start off hot out there, then it get cold, man. Get Nah, bring your hoodie. You know, you got to pass down the game. Not just, you know, not not just the good parts of this thing. Let's talk about this. Takeoff just had his funeral again, R.I.P. to Takeoff. Um... He was at the State Farm Arena. Went out legendary, you know. Um, my heart again goes out to QC Migo, his whole people, they whole, you know, as a staff, as a label, as a family. You understand me? Um, Takeoff was still somebody that we can't wrap our minds around why it happened. You know what I mean? And um, I just think that. Um, those that's in position to do their best, right, at, at making sure that name stays alive amongst other things. I think that God don't make mistakes. And in this life, man, we got to find a way to cope with things that we uncomfortable with. As definite as we know death to be, we still can't wrap our minds around losing people that we love so much, right? I try to disconnect from the world, man, because when I hurt, I hurt bad. I hurt hard. You know, I cry like a baby. You know, I'm. it's rare, but it's there. Now, nah, it's rare, but it's there, though. You know what I mean? But I'm accustomed to, to, to move and pass things, and one day I be thinking all this shit going to catch me. You know, where it's like you've been getting away from everything that that you should have been caring about. You've been dodging like, man, fuck it. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Like, it's like chasing you, though. It's like one day you're going to sit down and just be like, damn, did you skip all that stuff? And how, how important was that stuff? And would you really trade that? contracts to say that you cannot create another show mm. that's identical to mine they took they took they stepped aside the three of them and decided we're gonna interview guests just like my expert opinion oh stop it stop but it. i thought heineken stop been interviewing guests that's what they're doing but I, thought, I, I thought heineken was interviewing guests years ago i thought heineken been yeah he was on this is 50 yeah, but apparently I, I know the numbers 
I know the numbers. A I know I took care show of them. Don't make don't. All right. <clears throat> let's get into a little bit of the business of podcasting. Let's talk about this. Math Hoffa, and I don't know if I'm going to find anything to talk about, you know, worth me speaking about. Right now, we're just freestyling on the pod. You know, I don't take notes. You know, this is how we pod. It just happens to be the best podcast in the world. Um, but Math Hoffa had a um, had a podcast or has a podcast called My Expert Opinion. Had a couple of people on there, like a mashup of hosts, right? Some guys from This Is 50 over here, over there. And they brought together a good show, and they started to pull their leverage from each other and started to, hey, you get this guest, we'll get this guest. And and so it, it became a thing, and it's a great show over there. They've got some interest from companies like Revolt. Revolt comes in. They want to speak to who owns the show, which is Mav Hoffa. According to the people that used to work with Math, they offered him some whopping $2.7 million deal. How to tell us about that? So, Rock Nation, man, they just did some funny shit that, uh. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's not just say Rock Nation as a whole. The labels. The representative do funny. that you would do. Yeah, yeah, with. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. But I, I mean, I think you got to be responsible for who you hire. That's a representation of you and your shit. Hey, it's funny because after I got the offer, I had called uh, uh, Charlemagne and I was like, bro, I need to talk to Hove. I just want to know if Hove know what they did or not. Right. I said, when I once I tell him, I'll either know if he knew or he did yeah. it. And if he knew, cool, I, I see. Right. But if he didn't, I think you should know what's going on no. in your organization, right? right? They sent me an offer and the first one was like uh, the terms, but then it had no money attached to it. It was just a $15,000 discretionary fund. Right, which is like, damn, where's the event? Where's all the shit? That was my. It was like, did you gonna deliver these projects under these terms? Ten percent, three sixty, fifteen k discretionary fund. That's yours. And I went to the office, and I'm like, they like, what you think? What you gonna do? And I'm like, bruh, where, where's the money? <laughs> like, where, where the numbers? Right, <laughs> right, right. And uh, he like, what you mean? And I, I'm like, bro, it's only fifteen. This is very interesting, especially for people like me and those of you that's in business. They're now using the game against us, right? The game that Jay put out, the game that Pete put out, Birdman put out, the partnership, JV game. They're now using that against us. Now they're saying, hey, oh, yeah, let's do a partnership. So we put nothing in and we participate passively in the income. Partnerships are important, but they got to be powerful. We can't just be linking and you hoping that this shit work, right? Now, if they own it, they feel totally different about the partnership. But they they need to understand that the way that we're doing business moving forward is changing, especially in podcasting and content world, right? You're going to have to put yourself in a position to make the deal overly attractive to own IP or to have some sort of ownership in IP or two, you're going to have to put the business in a position to participate and support the show and be a partner and get money in that way. With At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. 
Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Celebrate 50 years of the Timberland original yellow boot and the culture that made it an icon. The Timberland Hip Hop Royalty Boot remixes the classic in a glorious purple waterproof leather with premium crafted details inspired by the four pillars of hip hop, DJing, graffiti, emceeing, and breakdancing. Get yours in select stores or at Timberland.com. Available in men's, women's, and youth sizes. Timberland, built for the bold. That company, but you're not going to be able to passively partner up with these piping hot people and then get money off the backs of these creators i really think it's unfair that that's what's happening but business is business right you got to know what they're asking and what's being asked of you it's two things you got to know when you are presented a contract what they are asking and what's being asked of you right now what gets crazy is a lot of this language is lost in translation and it don't mean nothing until it's time to be put in effect so you got to comb through the what ifs in these contracts too Right. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's basically saying that he received a contract from Rock Nation, which is his big corporation, and they don't have no money for him. It's like, yo, that's something that's starting to wreck my brain. How is some of these big companies trying to act like it's impossible to get money? And then why they're telling you that they're paying some of these other people top dollar. So either they don't see the value in you or they're trying to do a 52 fake out. Either one don't work for me. Let's look at it a little more. Like what you what I'm gonna do with 15k? Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, he's like, oh no no no, this ain't this ain't it. He makes a call. He's like, yo, it ain't no numbers on offer. They send a new offer in like 30, 30 seconds, mm. right? And um, the new offer was much larger. But by that time, I was turned off because I'm like, if I would have signed this 15k, would you have told me you made a mistake? And then you made a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar mistake. I don't want to do business with niggas who make mistakes that big. You gonna fuck my business up, <laughs> right. right? But right. I just felt like that was hella slimy, and it wasn't a great representation. And that's why I was like, Hold I got. What did he say happen? Right, and um, oh no, 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 this ain't. We're the numbers, right? <laughs> right, right. And uh, he like, what you mean? And I, I'm like, bro, it's only 15k. Like, what you what I'm gonna do with 15k? Yeah, right. And uh, he's like, oh no, 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 this ain't this ain't it. He makes a call. He's like, yo, it ain't no numbers on offer. They send a new offer in like 30, 30 seconds, mm. right? And um, the new offer was much larger. But by that time, I was turned off because I'm like, if I would have signed this 15K, would you have told me you made a mistake? And then you made a $750,000 mistake? I don't want to do business with niggas who make mistakes that big. You going to fuck my business up, <laughs> right. right? But right. I just felt like that was hella slimy and it wasn't a great representation I want to say this too, right? A lot of the, the the big guys in the culture, right? When you deal with the Birdmans and the 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 Jay Zs and the Diddies and the the Drakes and some of these people, even QCs, and sometimes you're dealing with people that's in their organization, right? You're in in the organization, but P may not know, or you're in the organization, but Birdman may not really be knowing what kind of business happened way down there. Right. If he handpicked some shit, then the business probably done totally different. But if you just kind of happen to get on cash money radar or Rock Nation radar some kind of way and you doing business and someone in the building take a liking to you. I think it's extremely important for the people who have these companies. They got to be sure that the 
right? Because it is representing you. You got someone at the bottom like, damn, I look up to home, man, and they trying to do me like this. I'm a young black dude out the street. You know what I'm saying? So that can kind of shed off a little bit. But you still give some of the grace the benefit of the doubt and be like, man, I want to talk to Jay about this. Like, I don't know if this is, if he know they doing this. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But this is what they doing. You got Diddy like running revolt. Or not running revolt, but it's the face of revolt. You got Jay, the face of Rock Nation. P, coach, the face of QC. You know what I mean? Birdman, the face of cash money. You understand? Future, the face of free bands. Baby, the face of 4PL. 21 Savage, the face of uh, uh, 4L. Slaughter Gang. Right? And so if you doing business with one of them people that's dying there that's signing you to write a press release or some shit and you say, man, the business ain't right. Savage them doing bad business. It's like, damn, do they really know about that? This is what it gets kind of slippery. But again, like he said, who you hire is a reflection of the company. So there's some responsibility to be shared there. It felt disrespectful. Yeah. Right. And everybody goes with the, oh, it's just business and whatever. And if it was truly a mistake, Still, I don't want to do business with a nigga who makes seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth mistake. of a mistake. Right. Mm. If That's I own the company and a nigga make, <laughs> I'd be upset. Yeah, right. Right. And but it's like you you lost a generational talent, and if it wasn't a mistake, you lost a general generational talent trying to play, mm. trying to yeah. see if a nigga was gonna bite the bait off just the name first, right? Right. And it's like, why do that to the culture? Mm. You could have we could have built something substantial and great. Why do that to the culture? What's the point? Well, I, I think um I don't care what level of artistry you at, what they offered me with a 15k discretionary, I don't give a fuck if I'm on ground zero and you gotta develop me. It's like, bro, this ain't fair, right? right, right. But first of all, like and and if that's how you doing business, it's a little bit predatory. I'm gonna right. have to give so I'm, it, gonna have to get LA, I'm gonna have to get bro on the pod. I'm gonna have to get LA on the pod, man. Like I, I like I like some of the stuff that he say and his understanding of just the game and the culture, right? I think a lot of these conversations need to be had more, in my opinion. I was even speaking to Adam Twenty Two, and he was saying he doesn't find interest in these kind of conversations, and I find all the interest in the world in these conversations, right? The information side of things and how we get to the next level has always been what I've been on, right? I know where I come from that. Intel is the only thing that kept you alive. Money don't mean nothing. Money didn't mean nothing. I know dudes that had money that was just, they were fools. Soon any nigga caught them. So money didn't mean nothing. They better have some intel with that money. Because even if you are a dude that got a fence around you, right? When you when you moving, you still got to know how to move. And especially if you somebody with some money that ain't got that structure around you, you definitely better know how to move because you'll walk right into it, giving away your money. They'll keep getting you. Nigga hit you with one of, <laughs> nigga hit you with one of them. Like that's that's one of them contracts you don't like. You wouldn't tell a nigga that deal in in words. In person, you right, only right. slide it yeah, across the, the table, table bro. Like, he giving some major game right now. See, part of the game is bringing you in. And, man, we love your stuff, man. We really appreciate what you do, man. Hey, listen, you got to show my family you appreciate what I do. Nah, show my kids you appreciate what I do. 
Man, your words mean really, I, I appreciate your words, right? I mean, depending on who they come from, they hold some value. But if you in position, you got to show me it means something. Because I'm showing you it means something by me putting it in myself. I do this shit myself. I walk down 100 million by myself. I'm telling you this. Ain't no 10 on that. I'm guaranteeing you I can do that, right? So... Play with this shit you want to. I hold this shit and do it by myself because I'm that innovative. But when you when you get into that trick bag of listening to words and not paying attention to actions, you do yourself a disservice. People will trick you with the with, with the words, man. We fuck with your shit, man. We love your shit. We love your shit. You always hit me, tell a nigga, man. Don't tell me how much you love this shit, and you ain't you ain't know what's supporting this shit. I know what support look like. Young man paying attention, and again, I think it needs to be more people in the game doing so. A lot of you rap niggas just rapping and rapping and rapping and rapping. I keep telling y'all, pay attention. This game don't love you. It ain't going to never love you. It appreciates you when you're hot. It, it appreciates you when you're able to do something for it. You got a plan for the rainy days. You got a plan for when this game turn the lights off. Because at some point, you might be the same fly nigga putting that same fly shit out, but it ain't hitting like it used to hit, and you got to know how to adapt to that. Oh, they want me to start running the ball now. The Hail Mary don't work no more. So I'm getting three yards now every time instead of 14 yards and three, four yards at the kit. I used to shake it, and now I'm just three yards at a time. But I'm keeping the chains moving. See, y'all niggas too worried about making fours instead of I ain't going down. Yeah, now nah, my numbers ain't going down, right? I'm still worth this amount, and I'm adding a little something to that every year. Just keep going upward and stop looking at other niggas' paper. That be the problem. You looking at other niggas. Damn, he, damn, them nigga made 60 million. You understand me? Niggas got to stop doing that because they're going to they gonna make you crash your whip. All right, if you're just tuning in, we're in the middle of watching Kyrie Irving. This came out and doing an apology. Um, of course, for those of you that follow my Instagram, I just came out and told Kyrie, listen, you can apologize. It's okay, right? We need you to remain powerful. There's a plan in place. And so now we see where he's came out to have this conversation, so we're going to just peek in and out, just have some game. Walk me through kind of what the past couple of weeks have been like and what that process has been like for you. Yeah, uh, I would love to describe it to you. Um, it was a, a learning journey, to be honest with you. Um, it, it was a lot of hurt that needed to be healed, a lot of conversations that needed to be had, um, and, and a lot of reflection. Um, and I got a chance to do that with some great people uh, from the Jewish community, uh, from the black community, um, you know, from the white community. I've, I've had so many conversations with all of our race. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org 
and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. ...and cultures and religious uh, groups of people uh, just trying to better find perspective on how we live a more harmonious life. Um, I'm a man who stands for peace. I don't condone any hate speech or any prejudice. Um, and I don't want to um, be in a position where I'm being misunderstood on where I stand in terms of anti-Semitism or um, any hate for that matter for anybody in this world. Um, so the process over the last few weeks was uh, just a lot of conversations. I uh, don't want to get too deep into the details of those conversations, but they were very moving, very impactful. Um, and it helped me become more aware of the repair um, that needed to be done, the healing that needs to be done still. So um, uh, here I am just really acknowledging the fact that it hasn't been easy. Some of it has been painful, uh, just learning about. Um, and this is what I want people to understand. Be careful and always remember that sometimes if you don't clarify, it can get confusing. And so it may be tedious. And this, you know, even in relationships, you deal with people that always want you to clarify. You still love me, right? You still love me, right? And to you, you're like, I haven't exhibited anything or showed you anything outside of that. But on their side, that means the world to them. And so... Anytime you don't clarify things and you got a lot to lose, then you leave room for confusion. If you leave room for confusion and you just happen to be a strong guy, that might be the opportunity right there to frame that in that way. And sometimes if you notice the, the, the speakers or the people who understand media when they go through things, they make sure that they're loud about somebody's doing this. This is a smear campaign. It's ridiculous that I got to answer this, but of course not. You know, they try to make sure you understand that this is an orchestrated play, right? Because they can misunderstand you by what you didn't say. And when you're in that position, you got to know how to operate in between those lines. Let me say this. I, I guess it's a good time for me to address people who's been saying, oh, man, you must speak the truth and... And, and 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 these be broke people saying this, and I ain't saying this, you know, being no, like, asshole or nothing. But it be people who don't understand planning. They don't understand the military's planning side of things, right? They think it's just go in and bomb these niggas. So I just took a break, and I don't know what I was talking about. So we're just going to talk about what's on my mind right now, right? I don't know if this is happening to everybody. This is something that I find myself kind of identifying with elevation and just evolving, right? There's something weird that happens with your partner when you are focused or extremely passionate and involved with something outside of their love if they are not completely secure with the love that you've given them. Now, you end up in a weird place right there because this feeling from your mate can happen from either one lack of your transparency or your lack of your being emotionally available and things like that, or it can happen based on insecurities from their side. And so my new question is, I don't view it this way, 
But when I when I see people and hear stories and, and just hear about relationships and, and my understanding of them, I say, damn, what is it like to see the person you love love something else? And it may seem like they love it more than they love you. But attention and love is two different things. And I think people who are involved with each other need to learn how to separate the two. They can look similar, especially if you fall away. But attention and love is two different things. I can be giving attention to things I don't love. Some people argue you give your attention to things you love. I would argue that most people waste more time in their life than they do focus dedicated to something, right? So a lot of that wasted time I would chalk up to or can be framed as attention. You understand? So sometimes... You know, like I say, now, feelings is involved with relationships, so that's another layer that you got to put on it. But I'm just saying strictly from a standpoint of love and attention. When you deal with a dude that has a goal in place, like me in particular, I have did all of this by myself. When you're a woman and you come next to me, you got to have a high level of respect for what I'm doing. You ain't going to meet nobody to be able to do this. And if you can, shout out to you. In my brain, I say, I don't know nobody done this. I got to take this very serious. This is now my life. This ain't no secondary thing. This ain't no I'll get to it when I can thing. This right here, this hustle, this breaking of the financial curse that we will play, it's, this is everything. This is dedication. I got to put towards this. Now, this may have activated a kind of dedication that people that I've been fucking ain't seen. I may have never been dedicated to them in the way that they see me dedicated to this. But I understand it's a long race and this right here can get away from me if I'm not careful. Now, love is a weird place. I can't be vulnerable with everybody because I've been damaged because of it. Every time I become vulnerable, it leads to a place where I have to pick the pieces up, pick myself up, right? fucked up for y'all i done got good at picking myself up but people identify that as trauma but that's a whole nother thing for those of you that got a dream i know for those of you that own a company for those of you that got anything you care about whether it's profitable or not something you believe in something you stand next to all you ask for those people next to you is don't distract me i don't even need your help just don't hurt this shit it done got that fucked up in the black community, dog. To where once one of us figured out, we just say, everybody step back. Y'all just don't do nothing. Don't nobody do nothing. Just stay. Don't nobody. I got it. Just watch out. You so spooked out because these folks here, at the detriment of the goal, would distract you. And a lot of times, you know, it's these little petty relationships and People say success changed you. Success do literally change the people around you. So now with all my focus on this goal that I got in place, here's this, here's the woman I'm dealing with trying to say, hey, I still need to know you love me. And me, I can't, I, yo, listen, this is too serious. I'm going up against companies. 
I'm going up against people with built-in fan bases. I got to be great at this shit. I got to figure out better how to get better in interviewing, how to not, you know, I got to just do certain things. Like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to, to keep, I, I hold on this multi-million dollar thing. Man, you know I love you. Let me spend a little time. It's like, yo, right now, if you don't understand that this right here is to save the family, you want you, you know, and that shit become offensive. This is what run, runs me in into the hands of other women, or either to the hands of their own house or their own situation where they just get away from the person that they was with because you can't interfere with the goal, you can't interfere with the plan. It's important that you be in conjunction with this thing because one thing you know when it get when when a, when a nigga blow up, one thing I can assure you. That most real ones won't have the people that was there with them still with them in some capacity. And so a lot of times people kick themselves out the car because they start acting weird. You know, you start acting weird. You like, yo, you bugging out right now. Yo, I've been, yo, I've been solid with you since you ran into me. Why you you starting to act weird? About this fame and money shit. You know, I've been this shit been what you doing? This shit affecting you more than it's affecting me. I know this shit fake. All this shit fake. I come to get the money. But in the search of peace, a man will run anywhere. Especially if the man is building all day from sun up to sundown like I am. I'm running two businesses. And that's just my two shows. I got three, four other things that's 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 funding my lifestyle. Then I got children that I'm trying to clear the pathway so I can get next to them. Get next to them in a way where they can I can pull into them even more. Right? I sit down and I get them the game when they come with me every time. But I got to be able to, I need to carve out some months. And I'm not financially in a position, company-wise, deal structure-wise, in there that to do that right now, right? And I also got to feed my fans in the same time, right? So it's a planning process that's happening. But for me, man, it just it's, it's just it's fucked up, man. And I know it's a lot of men and women going through it. It's like, damn, you just got your masters. And yo, dude, really, he slick done start like starting arguments, screaming about he doing too. Like he slick, he it seemed like you mad. And I don't want to convince my. I'm trying not to convince myself you hating on me, or not even hating on me. I'm trying not to convince myself that you scared, because that's what it really be when I think about it. Like I'm talking about because this shit be coming from people that love you. This paranoia activity of like you're changing because of money or you're you're acting different or acting funny and all of that shit. Or just literally trying to distract you from your goal for their selfish, like constant reassurance. Right? Be careful of people that want to distract you from your goal just for their constant reassurance. Because they know what their goal mean to you. So now that's their new obstacle to say, if I can get him to take his hands off the goal, I know he really loved me. But if I take my hands off the goal and go broke, is you going to love me? See, we both got questions. A lot of people just focus on theirs. Do you love me? Do you love me? If I crash this, do you love me? Well, yeah. Yeah, you saying that now. It's easy to say it when the light's on in the house. When it get dark and it's wintertime and I can't afford them, what are you going to do? Send me back to the streets with a famous face 
I got to make this shit work at this point. You gonna send me back to the streets with a face that everybody know? Oh, this dude to be kicking that real shit. And I'm trying to buy a half a brick of dog food over here. You think I can survive like that? You want to send me back? So I take it all the way there when you distracted me from this legal opportunity that I got going on. It's worth more money than anybody in my family's ever touched. Right? I, I find it offensive when you get in the way of things that can cause me to get a touchdown knowing I'm looking to score. Seem like you playing defense. I don't listen to what come out of niggas' mouths. I see how they lined up when it's formation time. It seemed like y'all niggas playing defense. Y'all want to distract me from my goal. Talk about me when I ain't around. You want me to come over and spend my time doing nothing with you and sit around? I can't do all that. You offended because I'm focused. How you love me and you offended because I'm focused? I got little boys that don't even understand the world. They ain't even supposed to understand the world at this point. They headed into this. And I truly believe America's headed in a bad place to where money, you're going to have to buy certain things to be in a certain position to even guard your family. Like, I'm deep in this, right? And so y'all playing. Y'all out here partying and drinking and doing y'all thug. There's a long someone trying to figure out where they hiding the money at. And everybody on my train, if you just paying attention, you better pick something up because we show enough putting it down. But my question still remains, how you love me and you playing defense? When I think you should be adding to the equation, you got somebody like me been to like eight towns, eight cities in 16 days with equipment, traveling, right? If you involved with that type of thing, and I just want to be clear with the people that listen to me and the people that's, you know, I know women lit like, I need y'all to understand that it ain't about fucking all the time. It's like, say, sometimes dudes is going through shit. Like, I'm fighting against companies, dog. Like, I'm fighting as a street dude to get out the street, to never say I ever had to go and then secure my kid's life, give my mother whatever else she wants for the rest of her life. Secure my little family down, knock that down, go put them in something that costs five million. You know what I'm saying? This is my lifestyle. This is what I'm after. And oftentimes I feel like people who are supposed to love me do things to interfere with the signal. And let me remain calm, man, because it's important that I deliver these messages in a way that's consumable. But I feel like a lot of times I'm shooting a free throw and I'm and I'm hearing noise off in the in the stands. You know how the motherfucker wave and shit and, and, and know, and I look over and it's somebody I know. And they doing it because they want to make sure I still love them or we still locked in or some kind of weird bullshit when I'm at the millions of dollars. Right? How much you niggas want to be locked in with me if I go broke? These are the questions that don't nobody want to answer. I don't even want no answer to it because I know the answer. A lot of my real ones, they're going to stay locked in. But a lot of you niggas ain't locked in with dude if dude ain't having no motion. Let me keep my motion going, man. Don't try to interfere with that. You know, and, and I might be drawing this out long, but it's, like, important for me to talk about, like, because as a black man, right, figuring out a way to make millions of dollars in this world, 
and feeling like you have mastered it or not necessarily mastered it, but you found the groove because you can never master nothing in America. Everything changes so often. But you found the groove and you say, oh, y'all, we got us one. Y'all stay out the way. If I can just stay in this groove right here, we we headed right towards the we headed right towards the jackpot. Just stay in this groove. And then people from inside the house start trying to pull at you. And I was talking to my guy about it. He was like, man, that's why dudes run away. That's why niggas be gone. And they be like, man, he got on and left that person or he stopped fucking with me out of nowhere. He ghosted me. He didn't ghost you. You made it, you made it. Mm. You made it irresponsible for me to be around you. See, you dictate whether I come around you or not. You ain't never welcoming. And I'm dealing with pressure. You understand? You ever been in a meeting with seven people and you the only one represent your side of things? And they all trying to convince you of things? Whether they telling you the truth or not ain't even on the table. It's just the pressure that go along with that. I'm landing in town, setting up equipment, handling business, dealing with multi-million and billion dollar companies on every one of my phones. I'm in meetings two, three times a day with the biggest corporations in the world. You think I want to get out from that fight of standing firm or understanding the trick language and trying to figure out what that mean in the contract and how they trying to get over on me and how much money is that really worth there? You know, all these things, then you, you get done with that. And it's like, what about Kyrie Irving? There are people in my comments that saying, well, Loom, man, you got to stand on your truth and it's about being, you know, truthful, I chill. You know, and then you look at them niggas there and they got somebody uniform on, probably working in a freezer. They got you working in 10 below for $21 an hour and you telling Kyrie Irving to stand on it. You won't even respect how your body feel. Nigga, that ain't even, nigga, them is unfortunate circumstance. Nigga, that, man, listen, I'm going to leave that alone. Not that it ain't necessary for some of us because sometimes we got to, yeah, the family called for that situation I put myself in. I got two, three felonies. I might chill. I done had two, three. I got to work in the cold. That's part of it. But that's part of acceptance. It's part of the game. So I figure out that I got to figure something out. They done caught me selling dope two, three times. Guns, murders, and shit on my jacket. I can't. I got to hustle around it. You understand? But. The idea that you'll tell, you know, you'll be trying to encourage Kyrie Irving to expose himself to financial harm says a lot to me because, again, you see who else went away? Kanye went away. There's a time to do certain things, right? And so for me, you know, my point was, listen, Kyrie, we know you want us. Every time there's a situation, you show up. Everything that stood for something, you was there, right? So for me, I feel like he's proven. I feel like there is, we don't need any more public showings. We know what the diamond is worth at this point. We know you wanted the diamonds, right? So let's see how powerful you can get because at some point, we might have to call on all of everybody and they got to, we got to pull all our deals because we cleared it. That's what they're going to do. You violate any way, they pull your deals. And I'm going to try to have this conversation in a way that's productive, right? 
so many people came and was like, yo, we got to talk about this. Stand on your truth. And sometimes they get sometimes they get confused standing on your truth with speaking on your truth. See, standing is an action. Right. And so for me, I was speaking to the planning phase. Listen, I understand the military. Yo, we got all kind of, if we just want to be destructive, right? It's But it's a way. We got to plan and plot this. Hey, we're going this way. We're putting 1,600 soldiers over there, right? And so I'm always in a planning stage. I'm always understanding that you don't luck up and, and win wars. It ain't by chance that you come out the ghetto and become a millionaire. As I'm doing what it is I'm doing, I, I even have a newfound respect for those black men that was before me because as I try to figure it out and I'm traveling and I'm going through airports and I'm taking meetings and I'm doing all these things, I said, Ooh, this, what these boys been going through. They've been making it look good, but it's a lot. It's mental gymnastics. We mental athletes. When you go to dealing with these companies and contracts, that has been in place all this time and try to retain your act. Like it's so much going on. But those of you that spoke to me about Kyrie coming out and speaking, I said, ah, they ignore the planning stages. You can ask a woman how it feels to plan a pregnancy. Is that a totally different thing than to pop up pregnant? Just ask a woman that. For me, I say planning things puts you in a situation to be prepared. So I was saying, listen, Kyrie, I believe Kanye West has identified you as someone who understands the black plight. Forget documentary aside. I'm saying just being someone on the side of George Floyd, on the side of uh, the new young lady that's going through it. I think her name is, is it Shanquella Robinson? I'm sorry if I got the name wrong. We'll cover it a little later, but you're always on that side. And so for those of you that saying just jump out, do your thing. I don't think y'all understand how powerful and how much it takes to get up to that place, right? Um, then people speak about sellouts. And there's a, there's a certain thing, right? There's a situation where some of these black dudes are sellouts, you know. But there's also a situation where, because I spoke to 19 Keys about it, and I'm just thinking, like, how does Kyrie feel, Right? Nike is 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 cut ties with you. Um, Charlemagne said that they had been said they was gonna cut ties coming this year, um, for some other stuff. So they that was consumer facing. But what is at risk, and what do you gain? I think the risk assessment process is very important. I think people are trying to convince some of our most powerful black men to do it for the gram. And this is very interesting because when you do it for the gram, you're going to get a certain feeling. You're going to get a certain rush. You're going to get a certain activity volume that happens for your social media spike. But now you expose your plan. See, I ain't one of them niggas that got my gun all out. When I got my gun out, when I got the security with the guns out, that's really saying, y'all, please leave us alone. Y'all need to be worried when I come through and don't nobody see no gun. That mean they read. They mean they they. That mean they in stealth mode. There's something going on. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm not one of those guys that want to expose the plan. I don't see the NFL 
teams coming out and letting other team know exactly what running plays they'll be running, exactly what defenses that they'll be running. A lot of times you see them come out and do the opposite. We playing on passing and certain people going to be injured and knowing they ain't going to be injured, knowing I'll clear them a day before. I just hope you didn't plan for me. Hey, <laughs> got him in there fast, dude, right? So it's for me, I'm always looking at it from through that lens. I, I hope Kyrie Irving finds himself back in the league. He's in the league, I believe. I think they got him back playing. I'm not sure. I hope he's still able to make money, feed his family, and remain powerful because, again, when we cut the lights on, we're going to need him. Let's talk about this real quick. No cap. An NBA young boy been going back and forth. For those of you unaware, no cap is signed to NBA young boys label. The other day, NBA young boy posted something about, I see all of that shit y'all doing. And, and he said some things and the fans said, yo, that's to no cap. Then a clip of a DJ academics interview popped up in which he kind of asked no cap about young boy and, and where they stood and, it was a situation where he kind of said, yo, NBA young boy doing him, he can't really move. I'm doing me, man, and so we'll get together at some point. And he also said, look, I'm working on my own thing right now. Uh, I don't want people to say I blew up off him, so I'm working. And NBA young boy said what he said now. He responded, a big thing happened. And, and I don't want to kind of get into the beef. I let the other blog guys do that. That's that that's their thing. I'm not a blog guy. I'm a multi-million dollar podcaster, broadcaster, talent personality, producer, CEO, owner, founder. So um what I grabbed from this is No Cap said, yo, NBA Youngboy charged the label for the verse that he did with me on the feature that he, I got with him on my album. It's it's a song that he has. NBA Youngboy responded and said, I was charging the label. I want to spend some time right there because we all know young boys had a fight with, with the label allegedly according to him about getting his real value. I think he found out along the way about how much money was being made from YouTube. As you see, his YouTube numbers are starting to be affected. I think they may be doing something over there. He's still doing great on YouTube, of course, but he would trend number one just off a surprise drop. Like, it was crazy over there. He's trying to figure out how to get the money from them that they owe. And I said, damn, in this situation, do you charge that? And I couldn't really come up with if you do because if it's your homie, you don't. But if the label owe you something, and according to young boy, like, my people signed you, so it's, it ain't really a real relationship with me and you. And they owe me some millions. I'm trying to get every dime out that label. Do you do that? That's a really good conversation from a business standpoint. I know a lot of people going to say, nah, you don't charge your homeboy. But is that your homeboy? And then if your homeboy, is it even charging your homeboy? It's charging the label. But but the label charging your homeboy. See, if you hit the label for 300K, he now got a minus 300K next to his budget when he when they turn that in. So he working to pay that off too. So it's like, damn, I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. But if they owe me money, it's like, it's weird. That's a weird thing. But that's how they, they able to do that kind of business in the, in the record business, in the music business. 
They can owe you money and still do business with your artists and, and try to leverage your fame because that is your artist, hoping they get love on the price or it's no price because it should be no price because you eat when he eat. You understand? But I'm using you to get my money from them. You understand? But I think maybe if they communicated, it'll be different. He just don't, he ain't, I, I don't think he just, he just ain't communicate that with him. They might, they'll probably be all right. I don't know. But I'm more so looking at that business side of it. Like, do you charge the label who owe you money if they working with your artists? Let's talk about this, man. I had, um, scrolling down my feed and I seen where this young lady was out the country with her friends and she came up dead and they said it was alcohol poison. I instantly was like, hmm, that sounds really interesting. Let's take a look at what the news said happened into our newsroom within the past hour. We're learning that the Charlotte FBI field office has officially opened an investigation into the death of a woman on vacation in Cabo, Mexico back in October. Now, Queen City News first brought you the story about uh, Shanquella Robinson's mysterious death last week. As anchor Morgan Francis reports, police investigating the case are sharing what they've discovered so far. Thursday, Mexican authorities told Queen City News Shinquella Robinson's friends lied to them about what happened to her prior to her untimely death on October 29th. An officer investigating the case says they interviewed two friends at the villa in Cabo who said Shinquella Robinson had alcohol poisoning. The same story her family says they told them. They said she wasn't feeling well. She had alcohol poison. They couldn't get a pulse. I think it's a good conversation to be had here with the traveling. A lot of people like to travel abroad and things like that and go to some of these places like Cowboy, and you don't understand that's a sovereign state or sovereign country. And so what that means is that they don't really have any obligation and international affairs is at risk if anyone sticks their nose in business and just kind of be tedious about certain things and one person or a couple people that goes over there and drink and have a fight like it just really depends like now if that's a high profile celebrity daughter or something like that and that's different and that's unfortunate right we push for um we push for everyone to be viewed the same but i just want you to understand that it's business at play and a lot of people are lead with their morals when they go international and they don't understand how that works right I seen people, even when I would be in the DR, other places like that, people pitching a bitch over there. Y'all can't do this. No. Yo, you may want to calm down because this can get crazy. And then, right, you see that in Russia, you see what they did with Brittany, and that's really messed up. They've moved her somewhere and have not reported where she is. She's been, she's been convicted and sentenced to like eight or nine years of hard labor in jail. Like, this is ridiculous. But this is international affairs. This is international affairs. It's a different thing. Um, this situation was so crazy because she went over there with some friends. Now, of course, a lot of stuff is popping up. They said she called her mom. First thing she said was, yo. I'm, uh, they called the mom, and the first thing they said was, yo, she got alcohol poisoning. She just said, yo, tell her to call me when she get up. Then they called her back. She did. Next thing you know, a fight video comes out. Let's look on the internet and see what else we can kind of find about it. 
Shanquella Robinson went on vacation with a group of friends for a birthday celebration in October. Shanquella never made it back to the United States. She was dead dead within 24 hours of getting off the airplane. Now, Shanquella's mother says her daughter's friends initially told her the 25-year-old died from alcohol poisoning, but the autopsy is telling a totally different story, that she may have been beaten to death. New video shows those so-called friends attacking Shanquella Robinson on vacation. Quilla, can you at least fight back? No. What? Why is she not coming? At least something. At least fight back, something. That's horrible. The case has many people want. Yo, that's wild. That's supposed to be your home, girl. See where I'm from, right? You get to fight with somebody. And they die. Hey, that's enough. Stop, man. That's that stop, stop. They're like, can you at least fight back? That's their messy shit. Those so-called friends Let's look at it again. Quella Robinson on vacation. Quilla, can you at least fight back? No. What, what is they fighting over? At least something. Look, she snatched her bonnet off. At least fight back? No. At least something. Look, here's a here's a bang, 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 bang. That's what I tell people also about fighting like. Them headshots, everybody, man, I whoop your ass. You know, I kick your motherfucking ass out here. Man, you ain't never even took a headshot of nigga. You feel me? Like, the people don't be really understanding how, like, bro, fighting ain't just, like, no hell of a, don't be trying to fight, man. You, you know what I'm saying? Because one wrong slip, one wrong move, your life is changed forever. Bang your head up against the concrete. Somebody hit your head in the wrong way, like, it's over, bro. The case has many people wondering exactly what happened. Justice for Shanquella has been trending on Twitter, and the R. FBI Shanquella. is now involved. So, um, the nurse came, but that's I'm going. That's I got too far ahead. So this is this is one of the people that was there. So Cole was laying on the couch in the game room. The fucking villa was like a big ass mansion. No upstairs. All tile on the wall. Tile on the floor. Straight tile. Nothing. Nothing else. So it just. A big ass villa. I don't know if y'all can view it on the website. Go to Cabo Villas and look at how big this is and what it looked like. Well, you're going to see. So when I got there, she was in the game room. Um, they told me um, she was not feeling good. So I instantly go to her, um, put on her side, get a bag and all that. So I'm sitting right next to her the whole time. I was crossing my heart and hope that I, um, I was there the whole time in the game room. And then they was talking about cooking. So we made it to the living room. Um, I cut on some soft music, sitting with her, rubbing her head, just chilling, waiting till the nurse came, because that's what I was informed that was happening. Um, at first, I was told that it was a male coming, and then a female showed up. So um, by that time, well, oh, I skipped another thing. Quilla wasn't found dead. She wasn't found dead. The maids found her slumped over the toilet in her room. That's what they did find her slumped over her toilet and her room. That's what I was told. Quilla was not dead when I got there. Um, um, yeah, boom. So it's like, okay, so when I get in there, I go in, I see Quilla. I see she chilling. I put her on her side. I go up and make that video where I'm talking about I'm here. That I Quilla get up. I'm thinking like, damn, we got stuff to do. ATVs, 
a boat, dinner. I miss the chefs. I miss everything. Anyways, fuck that. Um, so I'm like, damn, I'm thinking, Quilla, let's get up. I say that in the video. Everybody can hear it. Everybody know. Everybody that know me heard me say this shit. That was my first video when I got there. Or second, because I made a video of me pulling up to the villa. But he was cutting up the guy. I tried to get the timestamp for y'all, but that's not going to work. So I guess um, the real FBI or whatever had to put those right timelines together. But I'm going to start with the NCB. That faggot is so stupid and got y'all believing everything. Everything that's wrong. I was not there to the next day. I didn't see a fight. I didn't know it was a fight. I didn't know it was a video. I didn't know they did any harm, anything. I went in there and told it was alcohol poisoning. So that's what I helped her as. That's what I helped her as. I didn't leave her side. I cut on soft music. Summer Walker rubbing her head till the nurse came in. Nobody even talked about the nurse. Nobody even said a nurse came. None of this stuff. So I'm really not understanding where this story is coming from and why it's out here like this because it's wrong. It's wrong. And for y'all to be attacking me, an innocent soul, like, it, I'm really innocent as fuck. I went there to enjoy my birthday. I went straight to Quilla. She was not found dead. She was found unresponsive. Yes, unresponsive. She was unresponsive. I tried to get her to talk to me and all that, but it was, it was, it was none of that. It was none of that going on. Um, What's oh, the difference shit. between um, unresponsive and dead? Yeah, Somebody tell other than that, I did. Oh, yeah. I know y'all. Unresponsive is dead. I walked in there. I didn't. Um, I didn't really notice the the knot on her head until the nurse pointed it out. I did see the the bump on her lip. Um, she had a she did have a a bug vessel busting her eye, and and that's it. But I didn't really go in there. Like damn, y'all jumped her. Y'all beat her ass. What's going on? Like, could they know? Man, and nobody even told me about nothing. I was blind to everything. I'm literally in there giving her my all. Like, come on, girl. We is 2,000 miles away from home. 2,000 miles away from home. Don't nobody deserve this. Don't, don't, damn, 51 questions. And so even watching that young lady situation, the same time the, uh, I think his name was Daryl Brooks situation was going on. And I paid attention to this one. This was the guy who ran in the parade with his car. And I think he... Killed a couple of people, and I think he hit like eight or nine people. Um, but this situation was unique because I wanted to pay attention to how far he was able to go. He was one of them dudes that played that old sovereignty card. You ever hear them guys, oh, I'm not driving, I'm traveling, and, you know, you know, and it's some credence there. I'm not shitting on that. What I'm saying is that I, I just don't think the utilization of that is clear. Everyone I've seen try to use that has been given a lot of time or given time outside of what they thought would happen. Like I've heard dudes say, no, if you tell them this, the police will let you go. And I'm like, I just don't think, I don't see that being the case. Nonetheless, let's look at a few of these bizarre moments in the trial. So if you are allowed to represent yourself in this case, sir, you will not have attorneys assisting you. If I let them withdraw, they're gone from this case. Do you understand that? I think I will probably be better served representing myself. The state of Wisconsin has spent more than a week presenting its case against Daryl Brooks. He's accused of killing six people and wounding dozens more at the Waukesha Christmas Parade last year. Now we are going to look at some of the wildest moments in the trial where Brooks was removed from the courtroom for outbursts. 
again, he 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 decided to represent himself, and I I, I didn't know it was six people. I literally thought that he had just harmed two people, but according to them, six people got killed. And again, pay attention. He plays sovereign citizen. And he has been removed from the courtroom several times. Several times. The Every sovereign day, citizen thing, man, is slippery. That's why I try to tell dudes, if you're going to utilize it, know how to utilize it. Pay attention, though. A lot of my homeboys, a lot of people I know, that when it done that prison time and all of that, they done filed this paperwork. This is what he done. Let's take a look. Leading. Overrule. You say that any question before? Say Yes. And were those both in the same leg? Objection. Leading. Oh. Sorry, yes. over, overruled. If we just wait when there's an objection, um, I'm overruling it. It's relevant. It's not leading. The witness's answers may stand. I mean, yeah, you overrule every objection. And the jury will disregard the additional commentary made by Mr. Understand that this is a guy that's representing himself. It ain't never no see and these guys make representing yourself look crazy, right? All these people like him and, and the other guy that that you know, if you think I come to play with these mother all these people, like they definitely don't have the wherewithal and the understanding of law to be able to do this. Now look at the dude in the back there, the sheriff guy. His face is sitting there like, I can't believe this is the case. This dude is doing this. But, again, sovereign citizen representing himself has killed six people and is saying that the law doesn't apply to him because of his status. At this time. Judicial misconduct at his finest. And Judicial misconduct, he said. Objection. Accent. Answer. Overruled. My left leg. Did you have to have surgery on that leg? Objection. Leading. Overruled. Yes. Just one? Two. That's not going to work either. Mr. Brooks, you are advised to stop with the commentary. He's, continue, he's continuing to speak. Just pay attention. Mr. Brooks, you are advised to stop with the commentary. No, I'm going to say what I want. You called this witness. I'm going to take a break right now and excuse the jury and this witness. That's not fair to the jury. They have a right to hear everything. I'm not going to sit here and let you fix, fix the trial because you don't want to tell the truth to the jury. Mr. Brooks, please stop. No, they no please. You are nothing. being disruptive. Ain't you no are please. being disrespectful. You always going to find some reason to say somebody's being disruptive because they want the truth to be out there. Man, quit it. You're supposed to be Mr. the judge. Mr. Brooks, I'm advising you that continued interruptions will result in you forfeiting your right to be okay, present in this court. Under what, under what law in fact can you do that? Illinois versus Allen. Okay, sir. but the fourth, the fourth uh, option that you made up that's not even in the uh, law? Mr. Because Brooks, you can't do that. I need to make a By law, you can't do that. And you know you can't. All right, I'm going to um, excuse everyone. Mr. Brooks is being removed from the courtroom. He will continue in the neighboring courtroom. Uh, please make sure he has his objection signed and a pad of paper. So, so at this point, 
She's putting him out the courtroom for the outburst. What he's doing is he's trying to play to the jury. Oh, that ain't going to work. I don't know what doing that. They're trying to steal something. Watch down there. You know, he's trying to slick talk to the jury. Man, they, they cheat. Now, leading, objection leading, objection asking and answering. So what he's identifying to me is that he understands the importance of the jury being swayed one way or the other. He just approaches off. Again, this is where the lawyers have to understand how to influence the jury without deliberately doing those kind of antics. Now, he's put out the courtroom. They let him back in. Let's take a look at some more. Uh, the court is going to continue with the uh, direct examination by the state of Detective Carpenter. Um, I would like you to come back to this courtroom. Um, are you willing to... Uh, Conduct yourself consistently with the decorum and respect inherent in the concepts of courts and judicial proceedings. I didn't do anything to be found, held in contempt in the first place. So are you willing to abide by the rules of decorum and civility? Um, I would direct your attention to um, SCR Chapter 62, which has been provided to you previously. Um, Does that say anything in there about me being held in contempt? Um, that does not, no. So why have, I, why have I been held in contempt? I didn't hold you in contempt, sir. You are simply in a different courtroom based upon your disruptive behavior. I'm giving my you the opportunity. has not been di disruptive. I've put my findings on the record, sir, and I the record stands in that regard. Um, I'm giving you the opportunity, um, if you can, uh, indicate to this court that you will conduct yourself um, with courtesy and decorum results so that the test result could be obtained and if necessary by reasonable force um, it's my understanding there was some type of situation or altercation between mr brooks and the deputies um, ultimately though i think he was taken into the bullpen he was brought back out but it was very clear to me that he was upset um, I think understandably so, uh, but um, I needed to make a record of what was being done, uh, including that I have obtained the test result, uh, so that there's an accurate record in this case uh, related to the motion that was raised previously by uh, Mr. Brooks. I want Mr. Brooks to know that I am not um, removing him from uh, when the jurors are brought back in, it was just simply because he was upset. Um, he was um, very loud when I walked into the courtroom before going on uh, back on the record. Um, he was uh, yelling about his constitutional rights being violated. Um, I advised him that if there was any type of use of force that he wanted to complain about, he could certainly do that through the proper channels uh, with the sheriff's department, but just given his state of agitation and my need to make a record, um, I had him taken to the other courtroom. He is currently muted. I do not intend to go forward uh, with additional testimony. Ultimately, I'm gonna take an early lunch break because of this. It is your choice though. Are you willing to go back to your cell and put on your suit? Um, it is my right to do so or to not do so and at this point your honor who doesn't know that i'm in custody mr who brooks 
I've had many trials with individuals who were in custody, and when I've talked to the jurors after the conclusion of the case, they had no idea. The whole point of allowing for street clothing is not only to shield jurors from the fact that you are in custody, but also uh, you being in a suit and a tie or other street clothing I think also lends to the dignity of the proceedings. This is a trial. Um, again, it is your choice. Are you willing to go back to your cell and be dressed in the street clothes that you previously appeared in? With all due respect, I do not agree with that assessment whatsoever. There's no possible way that anybody will not know that I am in custody. I think that's a well-known fact because it's reported on every day in the media. It's shown every day on the news where I am, what jail I'm housed in, and that I'm in custody. It's virtually impossible for anybody to not know that I'm in custody. All right, we are back on the record. Appearances are. He as they took were his shirt off and now he bugging out, boy. Eight forty-two a.m. This court ordered Mr. Brooks be removed from the courtroom due to repeated. Uh, interruptions and disruption. Uh, you want them niggas the to run court. to jail, huh? Uh, this, of course, comes on the recent history with Mr. Brooks. On every day that we have been in court since Monday, um, he has shown a complete and utter disrespect for the simple rules of civility. Um, he has been removed from the courtroom multiple times. This morning alone, he started interrupting this court within a minute of the court calling the case. Um, I should also make a record at, at the moment he is muted uh, because of the way that he was removed from the courtroom and his conduct since. Um, I have been given just a bit of information about it. I will advise everyone that I have required that the Sheriff's Department uh, file a written report with the court uh, regarding Mr. Brooks's conduct. I'm told that um, he would not sit down while in this courtroom in order to have the shackles removed so that he could be taken to the other courtroom, that he was resisting, um, that at one point he took off a shoe and it appeared uh, to the deputies that he was going to throw the shoe. Let me speak on this and then I'm going to get out of here for the day. I seen where a lot of blogs were posting about the baby was in Nashville. Shout out to my town, Cashville. He was giving out tickets, I think, at a cheesecake factory. I want rappers to understand something. They'll trick you niggas if you're not careful. They'll trick you niggas into not hustling. What they want you to believe is things are beneath you. That's why you never stop fucking with the little people and doing certain things so it never looks not normal. What happens is when you separate yourself from coming on the podcast or commenting on the young nigga that's showing you love, they got his own following. That's another thing that I think rap niggas don't take in consideration. People like me, my fans are real powerful. People that listen to me, they really take in consideration what I say. And so if you show a rapper love or athlete love or one of these guys love, and I ain't saying it because I need the love because I get love, 
But some of these guys won't even show love to the people that's showing them love. They too big to show love. So now when the nigga see you showing love, they're going to say, oh, he's showing love because he fell off. Y'all tricking yourself with the I'm too big shit. Now, you don't show everybody love, but there's certain parties and certain things that's happening in this culture that's just relevant. And a lot of times you want to get next to those things if you're a guy that's trying to stay relevant. Now, there's an organic way to do that. You don't want to do it all clunky. You understand? Um, and so they try to get on the baby for giving away tickets. Let me explain something to you. The market dictate how I hustle. Don't never, ever, ever take me selling dimes that all I can buy is dimes. Now, I done broke a whole brick down in the dimes. That's what you're dealing with. So don't don't get it confused that I'm selling dimes, that I'm buying dimes. But what they'll do is they'll trick you into not hustling because them numbers ain't going to look the same. They know, see, this is how they trick the rappers. They get them caught up on the numbers. Once you caught up on the numbers, they got you. We control the numbers. See what I'm saying? If you ain't caught up on the impact and the quality and the longevity and the this and that, like I seen young blue paying attention, like he should have come out and say a low number first week, but he'll come back out and tweet, just give it some time. I bet he have four or five platinum singles off this album. And so we got to reevaluate our approach, even understanding how we view music. Because when you get caught in the numbers, they'll trick you into not hustling, which then will trick you in out of your position. Because anything that ain't moving is dead. Anything that ain't growing is dead. And so if your brand has got to a point where the shows ain't being as packed as they used to, now ain't nothing wrong with that. You just can't let the internet trick you into not giving them tickets away, not shaking them hands, not doing them interviews, not getting over there with people that's influential in that market or doing this or that, but doing it in a real way. I also see a lot of y'all going too many places. It looked look bad to me. So it is a sweet science. You got to sit with people that's going to get a real conversation out you or get or shed light on whatever it is that you're trying to shed light on. But when I see you go to 16 different platforms and they keep asking you about the same thing, they keep asking you, you keep talking about the same, I'm like, yeah, he burning out. But they try to make fun of him, you understand? In my opinion, though, like I say, hustling is hustling, and you better know how to hustle. You know, as you come up in media, or as I come up in this media space, right, I'm moving fast, too, boy. It's a lot of love out there for Luna. I'm talking about it's going crazy, it's big. I'm blessed, I'm thankful, I'm grateful. But I also am aware. I'm alert, I'm alive. I'm also paying attention. I'm picking up game, I'm putting down game. You won't miss me, don't no grass grow under my feet. See, I know one thing, right? The more information you got, the more dangerous you are. You ain't dangerous to me on how many guns you got, especially if you don't know how to get away with it or you don't know how to shoot the gun or clean the gun or make sure, right? So it's information involved in all moves. So the more information I get, the more strong I feel. And as I get closer to the information, I say, oh, I came in knowing more than these niggas. It get uncomfortable too because when you below a nigga, when you under a nigga in they mind or when you supposed to be, when they supposed to be bigger than you, you're supposed to be more quiet than them. 
How dare you niggas talking? You ain't supposed to have more money than me. Right? You ain't done more than me in on the mic or in this little industry that they like to call the music industry or the entertainment industry. You ain't did as much as some of these guys, so they want to frame it as you shouldn't be saying what you're saying. I want to be clear to the ones behind me. If your shit is information-based, if you went and studied it and you know, and the only way you're going to know if you run into a nigga like me that can go back and forth with you to see if that shit bulletproof. But if you know what you're talking about, go with your move. If you're going to hustle, hustle. Fuck them niggas ahead of you. And not fuck them like disrespectfully, but fuck them in regards to, man, they too far ahead for me to catch up. Don't never think they too far ahead for you to catch up. I always tell my competition, it's a difference, right? I got that dog in me, but I know I ain't a dog. Y'all niggas dogs, I'm a gazelle. And so no matter how far a dog get ahead of a gazelle, a gazelle can track that down, but a thousand dogs can't catch a gazelle. I need you to keep up because what I'm doing in this game and how I feel about my position, I take it serious. They want me not to take it serious. They want me to come in playing like they playing and lack of daisy and not really going for when I'm seeing them pay to call her daddy 20 million a year. When I see Rogan get four, three, four, five hundred million warranted, right? When I see Wallow and Gilly get a hundred. When I see all these things happening, when I see podcasting doing what it's doing, you think I'm supposed to not take this serious? Do you know it didn't matter when my phone ring? If they called for enough money, I got up and left my family, nigga. You know I leave the people I love in the house to go catch a play if he got the right amount of money attached to it. I was stuck in that world, and you're going to tell me something that allowed me to lay down with my family. I don't need to take serious. I know it's the bourgeoisie that want me to believe I'm doing too much when it's involving a lot, and I know better. But I got to speak on it because it's people under me that don't know better. We doing two different things in this media space. I hear a lot of niggas now talk about merch. They selling T-shirts. They listening to me when I'm talking. I'm critical of niggas. Y'all ain't even got no shirts. Now you see them. They got shirts coming. I respect it. That's what it's for. Activate this shit around here. Y'all ain't doing no hustling. I come in your block. I come on your block and 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 lower the price of the gram. I lower the price of the grams on you niggas around here. But I come in this game to hustle. You know, um, I got a lot of interviews on the way. So much good content on the way. I just feel good about it. Like. So many people are involved in in what I'm doing, right? So many people love what I'm doing. I'm tapped into the real ones. I'm tapped in, and I'm with them forever. And so when this new industry, right, we building this media podcast, and even when you look over at Taylor Swift, what she's going through with Ticketmaster, think about a transaction fee on Ticketmaster. Just think about that, what that means. A transaction fee in 2022. Them folks still hitting you with a mean transactional fee. So say your fan come to see you, you got tickets for $25. When they hit them with that $9, 10 11 $12 transactional fee, it's a $40 ticket. Break that down, and that's they whole cut. 
right? And so I, I just need people to really kind of understand business is changing right in front of you. We not doing no drinking and, and, and all that. We trying to figure this shit out. Right? Y'all gonna let them y'all gonna let the other folk run off with all the paper. We don't get to get none. Nuh-uh. Not why I'm here. But I'm just here to let people know, man. Loan, I'm here for the long haul. I thank everybody that's tuned in. Give me an opportunity to take care of my family, my loved ones. You know, um, get my children, put them in the best schools and things like that. So I appreciate y'all that's tapped in with me, man. It's me more than me in, than the world. You know what I mean? Big Loan, it's up there podcast. Love y'all for sure. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.